Hello, this is Speaks Loud and Words, episode 6, and I'm your host, Dave Reed. Today we had Katie Sutherland in the hot seat, and she spoke about her love for Alanis Morissette, and how she even quit her teaching degree to take on music. Don't forget you can find us on Facebook at Warner Chapel, and at our Twitter account, Warner underscore Chapel, Chapel spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L. So yeah, Katie Sutherland, a very charming and relaxed interview. Katie Sutherland, hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We're just going to divulge into your songwriting processes mm-hmm. in a little bit. But to get to know you a little bit better for people who who may not know you too well, we're going to talk about your background and growing up with music, just a little bit to cover those bases. Okay. So the first question we often ask people to break the ice is, what what music did you listen to before you could choose to listen to it? So what were your parents listening to or your older siblings? Well, well, uh, well I'm one of four <clears throat> and I'm the third one down. But I don't, I don't know if I had much influence from my sisters because we're all quite close in age. But my parents, they listened to the Beatles. So I, I grew up with a lot of the Beatles. They listened to Paul Simon. My dad's a big big Paul Simon fan. Really? Yeah. And the Cranberries. And it wasn't until um, Mike, who signed me at Warner Chapel, he said, uh, oh, you sound, your songwriting and your your vocals are very like the Cranberries. And I'm like, oh, I don't listen to the Cranberries, but I did when I was younger. So maybe, maybe it has got an influence. Wow, that's mm. interesting. We had Johnny in. Johnny Latimer and, and he was telling us about how he listened to Paul Simon as well. <laughs> everyone knows Paul Simon in, in in this I don't know, in this decade everyone knows Paul Simon just because of their parents, not because they found him perhaps, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. what were you listening to when you started to choose the music you listened to? I started to choose the most memorable album I can remember buying um is Alanis Morissette. That Jagged Little Pill album. I think that was the first one that made me go, oh, cool. Can you remember this your first cool. single or first album? You, what was that Was that your first album? Uh, it, if you want to have a laugh, I think the first album I bought when I was, I, I mean, I think it was in primary one at the time, like five, um, was Mr. Blobby on vinyl. Whoa, diehard fan. That's showing my age. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I think when you go to high school and you start realising there's proper music out there. So, what, yeah, what was your proper music you started when you were a teenager? I think it must have been Al- Alanis Morissette, yeah. I think, I think she was the first person to catch my ear. And saw something online about Regina Spector. I found Regina Spector through a, a TV ad at the cinema and I remember being on my first date with now my fiancé. And it's years ago, and we were like, "Oh, what's that song?" I just can't remember the film at all. I was just too preoccupied on my phone, not watching the film. I, if I hear a song that I like, I'm just like, "Ah." So, um, so yeah, I found I found her on a Sky Sports ad. I think I'm I'm a very um, when I write songs, I I can always think of the the film, the video for it, and. I think a lot of songs are kind of like that for TV ads. They're very imagery-driven, and yeah, I think all of her stuff's like that. So that's why I feel like there's a connection. Mm. And um, <laughs> were you musical 
as a kid? I was. I um, I was the only musical person in my family. Um, so I was the most annoying kid in the family. You know, I had a piano and I played the oboe since I was ten. Played in orchestras, so all day, every day. Maybe not every day because I did go through stages where I would not. I would refuse to practice. But um, yeah, they just got my family complained about me practicing. But I didn't actually. I didn't get into music. I thought I was going to be doing primary teaching. I, I, I didn't know what I was wanted to do, so I just applied for like maths and physics and teaching and applied for music but I ended up not doing it because I thought I don't want to I don't want music to be a job um, I just enjoy it and then I started university and I bought myself a guitar and taught myself guitar and then I kind of got here somehow left uni somehow. after two years and yeah you quit right is that you, you quit your university I quit uni and you just not happy parents at that point <laughs> but Sure. I did it. Well done. <laughs> Took the plunge. The rebel. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And so you you put some put some songs onto MySpace. Yep. And you got sought after pretty quick. After yeah, it's a very quick process. I only had must have been like five songs. Um, so and I I didn't really know what I was doing. My mom and dad didn't know I was doing gigs. I was like, I just got a contract through. Um, I'm leaving uni. It's all about, oh, what's going on? You play guitar, huh? <laughs> so it was very quick. But it, it was good because it, it, I got to learn fast, you know. And I saw something about dinner with Elton John. Yeah. That's <clears> not something <throat> that you, uh, everybody can do. What was that like? I hadn't met any, anyone famous for, you know, ever. So he was the kind of first person that, I'd met, but it was strange because I was sat right next to him. You know, it wasn't a case of, oh, nice to meet you. It was like, we were going to have a three-hour dinner. <laughs> and you're sitting next to them. Um, but it, it was it was really it was really cool. Um, I Basically, I signed a management deal with Elton's company. So, and he was, he was really much involved in the career and gave me some tips and uh, he was really nice. That's really great. It was, it was, it's quite cool to have someone to guide you through that have already been there and done that rather than just someone that knows how to do it. So yeah, it was good. good. And so Katie Sutherland, you've just changed your name from Pearl and the Puppets. Mm. Is there a reason behind that or is it just something you want to I say? Don't, I don't know. We, first of all, I, when I signed um, my first deal, I was, I was known as just Pearl just one word and we got a knock on the door saying uh, from Meatloaf's daughter she's called Pearl as well and I actually got booked for a gig in London in Barfly <laughs> I mean I play when I do solo gigs it's just me acoustic guitar or a ukulele I got I got a knock on the door saying oh you've you've got our name you can't have that name and um, because Meatloaf's daughter's got it and they thought I was Meatloaf's daughter when I was booked for this gig you see but she's heavy metal. <laughs> like, Amazing. And there's your new ukulele. hard going. And uh, yeah, so I was just imagining, oh, the book for this gig. And it was funny because my manager at the time was kind of like, oh, the lineup's a bit odd. <laughs> so it will be interesting. So thankfully we got out of that gig. But yeah, so I was, I was known as Pearl. And then I was like, oh, okay, we're going to have to change the name again. And I was like, kind of attached to Pearl. So label and whatnot were saying, well, 
you know, why don't you call yourself Pearland or something? It will still be a solo project, but, you know, your band can be anything. So I thought, all right, puppets it is. And we had that for a wee while. And then, I don't know, I just wanted to change. I felt I was no I was no longer on Universal and I still had to have an album out. So I thought, why not mix it up a bit? Why not confuse everybody even more and go back to my own name? <laughs> yeah, throw it out there. And I saw something about Pledge Music. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, Pledge Music. just finished, right? It's, uh, yeah. So Pledge Music is... Um, there's a few, a few music industry people that run this and a guy called Paul Barton, who I actually knew from a few years back. He now is an E&R guy at Pledge Music. And basically, it's just people with a fan base who want to, to create a record, or it doesn't have to be a record, it could be a tour or whatever, but if you were making your album, it, it gives you the means to create um, and you own the rights to the music and then license it or do whatever you want to do. And, and you chose the money to go to a charity yeah, yeah, Chaz, which I've worked with before, and they, they do a great job, so so I thought it'd be nice to have done a few gigs for them. And so you, you raise money by, you know, doing gigs in people's houses. and. I saw that, some really good ideas. Interesting. Like your, your, your first guitar was going to be sold. Yeah, sold yeah, I sold my first guitar, which is a wee bit sad, um, but it's for a good cause and it's helping my album, so... Yeah, and the, like a Pearl the Puppet stage scene, and and they can be in your music videos and stuff like that. Yeah, some really good stuff. Yep, in yep. Yeah, someone's actually for the music video to be in the music video. Someone's said, "All right, I've I've uh, put money to to go in the music video, but it's not me. It's just I want my car in the music video." And I was like, "That's a bit strange." Then I realised it's a Porsche, so I was very happy. So, wow, not the actual person, just their car. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to just jump into songwriting and, and just start off with what do you love about songwriting before we start <coughs> talking about the process? What is it you love about songwriting? I think uh, the first the first song I ever wrote was a song called Because I Do and it seems to do pretty well in the TV commercials and I didn't really understand why. <laughs> when I wrote it, it was, it was a very quick thing. It, you know, it didn't take me any more than a day um, and it was different in the way that I was going through a kind of splitting up with someone and I actually liked this other guy but there's not many songs out there that just says oh I like you rather than I love you so I just thought oh I'll just I'll write that and um, I don't know it's just very imagery driven and it kind of tells a story and I think that's what TV ads look for so um, so yeah and you like telling kind of a story it sounds like I did like at first when I started writing song it was kind of always about the melody for me and yeah it just had to have a very strong melody it was all about the melody line and then most recently like the past two years it's been kind of a wee bit more about the lyrics and I've become extremely honest very honest with my songwriting I've realized that oh that's kind of what touches people what what grasps their attention I mean, I recently wrote a song called I Say Yeah, which is going on the record. It's on your website, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's right on the website. I think so. And uh, the song does not have the same line once apart from the bridge. 
So the bridge, every bridge is the same, but every other line throughout the song is completely different. And it, it wasn't until the other guy, Steve Crisante, that I wrote it with, he, he mentioned it and I thought, I don't think I could do that if I tried. <laughs> I don't think I could do that if I tried, but it was just, I, I was so emotionally, I was, I was just, a lot of crap happened. <laughs> I just, we weren't even supposed to be writing a song. He was actually producing some stuff at the time and he was like, you know, you, you, why, why don't we just write a song? And uh, I wrote that and I realised, oh, the lyrics are different in every single line. That's really good. It just flowed out. Yeah, it just... Great. I think the a guy at the time was like, oh, there's too many words <laughs> in this. But it seemed to go down well. I put, it, I put it up on YouTube and a lot of people really connected with it, so making the record great, great and I was going to ask about um, you know music in general when you listen to music what is it that grabs you is it the melody line is it the lyrics is it the concept of the song I think when I was younger I was really into harmonies I loved harmonies and but now I think it's about the lyrics I kind of listen to the lyrics but I think what happens with most people is it's it's always first the melody then they listen to the lyrics it's like, you know, when you're a kid and you buy your first album and you like you love that song and you listen to it a million times and each time you learn another line of the lyrics and you get quite attached to it. So I think it's important that the lyrics are good, but it's also, it, I mean, both are extremely important, but, um, you know, you don't want your a kid to buy your album and then they realise that the lyrics are crap. And so as for the process, do you just think of an idea for a song or do you sit down play some chords with the guitar or with the piano what, what is it that you play um it's mainly guitar but I play piano I usually write on piano sometimes you know you'll write a song on a particular instrument and that instrument is not even in the the song once you record it so I, pl I play guitar on stage and I think if you can sing a song with just a guitar it shows its strength it, it can hold that I mean there's a lot of the production of the album now is the production is very different as to what it has been in the past with EPs and it's quite nice to even you know safely say oh we could do an acoustic album I think it's really important that the songs can carry themselves as well but it's always nice to add lots of production as well so, just, so yeah just to add a note there yeah <laughs> and um so so the process the beginning process do you come up with an idea, or is it you, you play some chords on the instrument? Um, Where does it all come from? Where does it, it all start? There's always an idea. I've never, I mean, I have been through the whole thing where you you force it out, and I think that's really, it's, it's not great because you then become lazy because you're like tired of not getting this lyric or this melody, so you just like, ugh. You can tell when someone's been very, <laughs> very lazy and, you know, I'll put my hand up and say I've been there, but you learn that you can't you can't force it out. But you, you, that's not to say that you can't um, you can't challenge yourself, because if if it's not right, then you should definitely go back to it. But um, I think it's always lyrics and a melody that's in my head with an idea, and I just go from there. Whether it be a verse or a chorus, or but it's usually a chorus that's that's hit me. And what would you say is the most important part to you with your songs? 
what the lyrics or the lyrics or the melody or the, or the rhythm of the song <coughs> ah well rhythm's different because I've got songs that have no rhythm whatsoever and I've got songs that are all about the rhythm so <laughs> so I get really excited about percussion instruments because I just if 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 someone it's like toys you know and I'm like battering and some people have to say you know maybe we'll maybe we'll stop with with the tambourine now <laughs> okay but it depends it depends what mood I'm in it depends what kind of song I'm writing I mean that I say yeah that song there's two chords in it so there's not much and it sounds like a really boring song but when you listen to it it doesn't matter because the lyrics it's all about the lyrics so it depends is my answer (laughs) (laughs) and um beginning with your songwriting when you first started Mm -hmm. were you writing songs ultimately on your own and um do you still do that do you write with other people now yeah the first kind of batch of songs that i handed in they were all on my own they they seem to get synced quite a lot but i i really love co-writing as well because it's it's funny how you so so as i said i would have like um some chords and and lyrics and this sort of idea and so I would know where I wanted to go with it and then I would go into a writing session I'd come out and it'd be a completely different song of what I imagined it to be and it's it's a good exercise you have to be very comfortable with the person because it's almost like stripping naked in front of them you're just telling them you're if you're an honest writer and so they kind of know everything about you and it's strange, it's as if you've been mates with this person for years and you're talking about really personal stuff. And you have to, I mean, obviously listeners are going to be hearing that, but you're going to have to discuss it with someone because you're writing it with them. So it's 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 definitely hard at first if you've never co-written before, but I love it. I love doing both. So that, that process of being vulnerable with someone, mm-hmm. do, do you have a group of people that you only co-write with now because you've kind of... Because you know... Yeah. Well, Matty Benbrook, who's producing the album at the moment, he... Well, co-producing. He's also a guy called Peanut is producing and Leon Jean-Marie. But Matty, I mean, he was the very first person I was put into a co-writing session with. Um, I won't say how many years ago. So obviously I know him very well. He's like a big brother and... So you can put me into a writing session any time of the day and I know that we're going to... We might not come out with a huge hit, but I suppose you never know if it's a huge hit at that moment in time. I certainly know who I want to write with and who you think, oh, this might not work, just because it's working differently. I mean, most writers are the same, though. Apart from when I'm in America, I've never been to a writing session that's before midday. And it seems to be that everyone kind of works, they're, they're more alert, they're more creative past past midday. So, But it's strange when I was writing in the States, I mean, you're talking nine o'clock start. I was like, really? Guys, I mean, come on. I, I, I need to yawn first. I need to wake up. Stretch a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you prefer writing with someone <clears> or do you prefer writing on your own? I, I, I like both. I like... Um, I mean, there was a while where it was just constant co-writes. Um, and at the end of it, I, I felt like, oh, I don't want to write another song. I don't even want to listen to any music. I just want to 
not do anything creative. I just want to be normal, not do anything at all. Be a but teacher. Y yeah, be a primary teacher. Where's the curriculum? Uh, but like, <laughs> with an artist, I don't know how just a songwriter does it, but with an artist, it's a lot easier because you're in the studio for a while recording rather than you're still creating, but you're not writing the song. And then, you know, you've got parts when you go on tour, so you get away from that and it's nice to go back. But whenever I come back, I, I do want to write a couple by myself before sharing ideas. I'll try this out on my own first. <laughs> so any tips, any tips for somebody who's, you know, 19 and, and uh, thinking about being somewhere on things? I'd certainly say don't force it out, don't be lazy because it's just obvious and it doesn't exercise the brain <laughs> and um, I remember my old manager used to give me lots of CDs to listen to which was great you should really do that but I realised a lot of my writing wasn't wasn't actually like influenced on music as such it would be you know films books it's not just music that will help you write a song it's you know your own experiences and it's those things films. that inspire yeah. you, basically. Yeah. So, so watching a film, reading a book. Yeah, every time I watch a film, I have an idea for a song. It's every time. So I spend a lot of time on my bottom watching films. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm working. I'm working here, yes. <laughs> I'm working I'm here. inspired. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it a million times, but I'm working. So, yeah. And what's coming from the future? Obviously, your album has been recorded. It was Yeah, I'm just music. waiting on it being mastered okay. and it will be out next year which what, is any very exciting predicted uh, dates just all i know is spring okay early spring so waiting on a date but i'm sure we'll be able to keep you posted mm. wow thank you very much for coming thank and, you and, and for having, having a chat with us thank you so there we have it the very talented and friendly katie sutherland don't forget you can find us on facebook at Warner chapel and on our Twitter, Warner underscore Chapel, and now at our SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash Warner dash Chapel dash UK. Until next time.